the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 19th, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. Folks in Ohio may have the chance to add a new Voters' Bill of Rights to the state constitution to support ballot access. Voting rights advocates say they want better controls on the state's purging of voter registration rules. They also want early voting days restored and protections enshrined in the Constitution rather than only in law. Previous attempts to make these additions have been rejected, but P.D. Talley of Ohio's Unity Coalition is optimistic that changes would increase turnout and make elections more fair. The amendment is going to help build an equitable path to the ballot box for all Ohioans while continuing to ensure that Ohio has elections that are secure and are administered with integrity whenever we voters go to the ballot box. The coalition has submitted amendment language and aims to gather at least 400,000 signatures starting in February for this coming November's ballot. First, they need Attorney General and Ohio ballot board approval within the next 10 days. Farah Siddiqui reporting. In August last year, voters decided not to make the Ohio constitutional amendment process more difficult. Instead, they voted to allow amendments to pass with a simple majority rather than a super majority. And Congress Thursday sent legislation to avert a partial government shutdown to President Biden, racing to fund federal agencies through early March, one day before money was to run out. That from the New York Times. Over the strenuous opposition of far-right Republicans, the House voted 314 to 108 to approve the stopgap funding just hours after the Senate provided overwhelming bipartisan backing for the measure on a vote of 77 to 18. And starting today, Minnesotans can take advantage of early voting ahead of the March 5th presidential primary there. Meanwhile, a growing number of rural residents will cast their ballots by mail after their communities endorsed that option full-time. In 1987, Minnesota adopted a law that says cities with fewer than 400 registered voters or non-metro townships of all sizes can make voting by mail their only option if they approve a resolution. Secretary of State Steve Simon says the idea is to take pressure off of local administrators who simply don't have the resources to maintain polling sites. To say we don't want the expense of a polling place, we're having trouble staffing it with election judges, for whatever reason they can say, hey, we're just going all by mail. Simon discussed the issue in a forum hosted by the League of Women Voters. His office says over the past decade, the number of communities that made the switch has doubled to more than 1,100. For the primary, voters in these jurisdictions will receive three ballots for all the major parties in Minnesota. I'm Mike Moen. This is Public News Service. Now to New York, where Governor Kathy Hochul's 2025 budget proposal is missing key funding priorities for rural housing. That's according to a coalition that advocates for this issue. The new budget cuts funding for programs that help rural areas address housing needs. This includes cuts to the rural preservation program used by nonprofits in their communities. Mike Borges with the Rural Housing Coalition of New York feels it's a step backward compared to last year's more ambitious budget. He describes the types of funding that are needed to help rural homeowners. 
you know, what we need is capacity building funding, that funding that goes to the nonprofit housing organizations so they have the capacity to do the work that's needed in their communities. We need money for infrastructure. Rural communities lack water and sewer. A lot of them do. He adds rural areas' lack of this infrastructure is often a barrier to developing more housing. Borges says he's hopeful as the budget process continues, the legislature will reverse the cuts suggested by Hochul. A Marist poll finds 31% of rural New Yorkers want state government to increase funding for development new homes. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. Meantime, many Nebraskans age 65 and older with health limitations, as well as younger people living with a disability, want to remain in their own homes. Medicaid's home and community-based services waiver programs can make this possible. Stephanie Hoyt, who supervises the Medicaid Aged and Disabled Waiver Program at the Eastern Nebraska Office on Aging, says it waives the fee for in-home support. Medicaid-eligible Nebraskans age 18 to 64 with a disability and those over 65 who require nursing home-level care are eligible, based on certain qualifiers. It's a combination of personal care assistance, cognition, risk factors, and medical. Those are the four different areas that make up needing nursing facility-level care. Hoyt says the services used most often include a medical alert system and basic personal care assistance, such as help with bathing, dressing, eating, and mobility. Finally, from Arshantia Hudson, in a state where nearly 10% of households face food insecurity, George's food banks are grappling with an urgent problem. The nonprofit group Feeding America says the Farm Bill, a crucial piece of legislation that is renegotiated in Congress every five years, holds the key to addressing this issue. Vince Hall with Feeding America says there's a significant gap between the amount of food donated and the actual need in communities, especially in rural areas. And we're asking Congress to, to double that funding for the emergency food assistance program because that program moves food from local farms to local food banks and it helps to close the gap between the food that's been donated and the food that's needed. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for ending your week with Public News Service. Remember, Enlist is supported. Here's on Interesting Radio Stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.